Welcome, everyone, to the Overseas Famous Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Owens. Uh, Overseas Famous is sponsored by Loop Mogul, an athlete-led sports metaverse that is powered by virtual real estates, training academies, blockchain games, meta shops for brands and athletes within life in real life rewards. So bringing us to that, uh, I am speaking with a Loop Mogul uh, ambassador, uh, Morgan Lee Oldham. Morgan is a gymnast at Auburn University, and we're super excited to have her on the show today to talk a little bit about this. Morgan, first, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a wonderful opportunity. Well, we're excited. Uh, the coolest thing is when we get into the whole entire like loop mogul and the metaverse, you are a pioneer of female athletes everywhere in terms of you started with the you know first NFT uh, you really got on board with the NFTs with a painting and uh, created that first NFT, which really launched uh, a lot of these NIL deals with, uh, you know, metaverses and NFTs. So you were a true pioneer of this whole entire front. How did that end up becoming a thing? Was that because I it took me when Luke Mogul came to me, I was like, you, you do what? Uh, it took a while to kind of to kind of figure yeah. it out. How was your experience? So my experience was kind of similar because we're all like what's an nft how do you use an nft why should i want an nft all this stuff right there's so many questions about it but what was really cool was my dad actually brought the idea to me and he kind of whenever he was explaining it he was like it's kind of like a digital baseball trading card and i was like wait that's really cool because i mean to me the way i think about it is we always have our phones and we always like everything's becoming more digital now so whether that's posters or baseball trading cards or NFTs, like all these things are becoming like you can have it right on your phone or you can post it or you can keep it or you can do whatever you want with it. And I was like, well, that'd be really neat to have some of your favorite athletes have an NFT. And especially growing up, I used to love and want to be an Auburn gymnast. And so to have stuff like that available and to be able to keep up with it, like sometimes you lose posters or you lose this, you get to keep all these forever and it's your token. So it's really cool. I like the baseball card reference, and I especially like the fact that, I mean, I had baseball cards. I was a huge baseball card guy growing up, and I remember I had, like, a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, and the corners yeah. bent, and it was, like, the worst day of my life. So I like that it's, there's right. nothing that can damage it. It's just always going to be there. Right, and I think what's really neat about it, too, is sometimes with the baseball trading cards, you keep a specific either whether it's a team or you keep a pattern or trend, and I think for this it's really neat because you could have – Tom Brady, you can have an Auburn gymnast, you could have a UCF baseball player. Like you never know. You can have as many as you want and be like your roster's stacked. You know? I so like that. I think it's cool. So why why Loot Mogul? Like when did why did you get involved with Loot Mogul, the NFT game? Uh, and just the interaction with fans. Is that something that kind of drew you into Loot Mogul? Right. I think that one of the things that drew me specifically into Loot Mogul was their ambition and their strive to learn more about an area that's not as well known and so it's really cool because a lot of people don't really know what an nft is and loot mogul has done a really good job of really capitalizing on the strengths of nfts and of this metaverse and of the next generation or like the next level so to speak and i think that they really tackled it head on and made a great platform that was reliable. And I think sometimes when you're getting into 
the digital market marketplace, it's easy to get distracted with the glitz and glamour that you forget like that it's, it's a platform and you need it to be secure. And so I think that just as an athlete, you want to make sure that you're using a platform that other athletes trust. And that was a big thing for me too. And especially being, you know, one of the, in a collegiate athletics, one of the first females to do this piece, it's really important for me to put it on a, a platform that is going to capitalize off that as well. And I think Loot Mogul just does just that. It is, it is incredible. And I, I, you know, just talking to Raj, I know, and Corsley, who was a friend, who's a good friend of mine, he just, uh, you know, it's, it seems like the, everything that's going on with the whole entire crypto and everything, it's like, they're, they're going to be fine because what they're doing is so concrete and so stacked that uh, right. it's not something that's going to go anywhere. So that's really nice to tell, you know, people that, you know, this is, don't worry about what's going on in the world. This is here to stay. So that's super cool. Right. Exactly. So going into uh, like you leveraging your athleticism, your experience, you being an Auburn gymnast into something more has always been kind of the dream, uh, especially as a college athlete. And now that NIL deals are really starting to come out, uh, what does that mean to kind of be like, you know what, I'm going to leverage what I have, what, you know, what I'm doing into something that's going to help me boost my network, boost my, yeah. you know, everything going forward. Right. I think the NFT was a great transition piece into that, which just kind of emphasizes that my whole career, I want to, it, it all started with a dream, right? And I know that they everyone says that, but truly it started because I wanted to be an Auburn gymnast. I didn't want to be a gymnast anywhere else. And that was something that I dreamt of since the day I was born. And to be, I always looked up to those girls who were there. And so I remember, you know, let me use my platform now to be, to inspire the girl I used to be. And like, we're here. So like, I want to inspire other kids to be able to do, to chase their dreams or use the, the connections I'm making to share that passion and share that love of not only sports, but kids and of gymnastics and of people and of Auburn. And I think that NIL gives us such a great space to be able to go into any one of those avenues, whether I want to go directly into Auburn or I want to go into an NFT space, or I want to go into a brand that I can work with and create my own company or create my own line, stuff like that. I think that NIL has opened so many doors and so many connections to help me with my passions and help me. I love sports and I've always wanted to continue and be broadcasting, go into law, you know, do a bunch of other write books, speak motivationally, all these things. And I think that these connections with NIL have led me there. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, what we do, a lot of the stuff that we do at overseas famous is helping athletes transition from like overseas basketball or overseas sports into, uh, you know, here and yeah. having that, that network that you've created within the, uh, you know, your Auburn community and the community abroad is super cool because I think that's what athletes need to start doing is you're always looking for the next step. And I don't think that that's always in our mind. I think our minds are more, what are we doing? I need to, you know, do well in this game. I need to do well in this routine. There's things right. that you're always kind of thinking of like in the front of your mind but we have to start using the back of our minds to kind of create that ability to how are we going to leverage all that we're doing into something that's going to make us successful in the future. Absolutely. And I think that what you do now prepares you for the future. And so it's not, a, it's not about every game, but it's about how you, I think it's all about a legacy and it's about how you leave a place better than you found it. And, you know, we're still human at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're going to, 
we're going to fall and we're going to mess up and we're going to miss a We're going to miss a basket one time or two, or we're not going to get that touchdown or, you know, but at the end of the day, the market that we've created and what you instill in people is more beneficial and more successful than anything that you could do on the court or on the mat or anything like that. And I think just leaving a legacy of love and leaving a place better than you found it is exactly what we can do with the platform we were given with NIL. I think the, you, you talked a little bit about legacy and we'll kind of get into more the gymnastic side because it is so fascinating to me. A, the gymnastics, it is something, it's really one of those rare sports. Like I, I played basketball in high school, but I didn't really end up starting in my senior year and then I ended up playing pro. But like with gymnastics, it's not something you can pick up when you're like 18 years old and be like, okay, I'm going to be in the Olympics. It's something that starts at such a young age. Right. How, how did that start? Like, how does it, how does a successful gymnast like yourself start this process? Is it what, what age were you when you kind of got into gymnastics? Well, believe it or not, I was two years old when I started gymnastics. Yeah. So that's incredible. I turned 22 actually on Christmas. So by the end of my career, I'm pretty sure I will have done it for about 20 years. Wow. Um, nothing shy of somewhere around there. So I'm like, this has been such a career, but you know, it's, it is a process and it's not something that you can just pick up, but you know, something I've talked to my dad a lot about is they always wanted to put me in sports and I grew up playing soccer and gymnastics, but then you get to the point that you, you don't have that much time. You got to choose. And so I remember being like, I, I really like soccer. My mom was like, Morgan Lee, like God doesn't give the gift to flip to everyone. And I was like, Oh, that's true. So I went with gymnastics, but you know, it's, it's all about the growth and and gymnastics gives you balance and it gives you strength and it gives you agility. It gives you all those things. And I think just, it gives you something that you can go into anything because it's such an athletic sport, I guess. And so, but you do have to start extremely young. So I started when I was two and started competing, I think when I was four or five. Wow. So that commitment, because you almost became so committed at a young age, is that something that just became instilled in you where as you got older and you went on to bigger, bigger competitions or the schedule, you talked about playing soccer and gymnastics. And I know, you know, gymnasts who are constantly, it's like, you know, twice a day. So what, when you're kind of going, is that young age, that commitment and a young age really help you succeed as you got older? Oh, absolutely. That, and I want to focus on one of the things that happened for me personally is, I got injured when I was about nine. And after that, like you're obviously training, you're training either. If you want to go pro like to the Olympics, you're training twice a day. I mean, you're training six hours in the morning. You don't really don't go to school. Like it's a, it's an entire commitment. Like that is your job and that is what you will do. But like I, and I, and I dabbled into that and then realized I, that I wanted to go to Auburn and I didn't really want to go to the Olympics. And so I could do school as well, that my education mattered to me. And so but you are so committed. And the thing is, is it is just kind of like a time management. You get into like the routine of like, this is just what you do. You kind of don't really know any different. But whenever I was nine, it was my first injury and I broke my elbow. And I remember being like, mom, this is too hard. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, I don't, I don't want to, I just, I, I'm done. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And she was like, I, she was like, that's fine. If you want to, if you want to quit, but she was like, but you're not quitting when you're down. 
I'm like, hmm. And so she, I keep going. And I, she was like, you're, I'm not letting you. Like, I'm not letting you quit. So then I, like, win my next couple of meets. Like, I come back from this injury, and I win, like, the every meet that season. And she's like, do you still want to quit? And I was like, no, why would I quit? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And she's like, mm-hmm. So that's, that also, that kind of fundamental and that foundation every single time afterwards was like, you can't quit when you're low, and you're not going to quit when you're high. So it was just kind of like, it's just – that mentality. And she's, she's just such a strong woman. And I think not only being that, that helped me in my, in my career as well. Wow. That is incredible advice because mm-hmm. most people, that's when the quitting ends up happening. When you're at your lowest point, you're like, I'm done. I'm done. And if you can, if you can push through that, cause you said, you're not going to quit when you're on top. Who's going to quit when they're a champion. You're always going to quit when you're, you know, right. you just, you just have to keep going. That's incredible. Right. So go, you grow up. So take us into the Olympic thing because I was always fascinated by that because there are two avenues you can you can do you can go the ultra serious route which is like the Olympic training where you know you have a shot to be represent the United States or you go like hey I want to go to college I want to you know like get an education right when you were thinking about that was that something that you were like wow like what would do you ever think back and be like, what if I went this way? What if we always have those like moments of like, what if right. I did this? Was that something you ever crosses your mind now? Um, no, not really. I really try to live. I mean, there's. I feel like decisions are always tough because you really don't want to regret either side, or you're like, well, yeah. what would happen? But I think that I got a good enough taste of what I needed to taste, and. The Olympics is really difficult. And I think it kind of, sometimes it kind of makes your decision for you because one, you really can't study. It kind of takes away all time that you have for your education because you're training so much. And then I, I just remember like there were a lot, I, I live my life based off of my values, right? And education is a value to me. And also just loving what I do is a value to me, even how, you know, silly that sounds, but I always wanted to love the sport and I realized I started to go down the track of like the Olympics because I was young and I was talented and they were like there was one of my other friends and teammates she was also going down that road too so they were like oh the two of them will be in it together they'll go to the Olympics whatever and I'm like there's only five people that make the Olympics and the entire nation's trying out for these five spots like I was (laughs) like the chances are low like just for anyone no matter how good you are the chances are low I was like, so, and then I was like, hmm, no education. And I witnessed, there was a girl who was about 10 years older than me in the gym and she was going the Olympic route and she just looked miserable. And I was like, I don't want, like, first of all, I want an education more than I want to be miserable. Like, I don't want this. And so I just remember trying it out. Like, I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I had a growth spurt. So that was kind of when I broke my elbow, the first injury. And And I was like, I was coming back from that, but I got really tall. And it's the bar setting is like the uneven bar setting has to be the same internationally. So everyone at the Olympics uses the same bar setting, but it's really small. And so I got tall for gymnastics. I'm five, two, mind you. (laughs) I'm five, two and I'm tall for gymnastics. Like, and and I was about to hit my feet on the low bar and they were like, you're going to break your feet. And I was like, I'm not going. I was like, all I want to do is go to, because my coach comes up to me and he's like, do you want to go to the Olympics? And I was like, where is this coming from? Like, are you like, are you okay? Like, should we go to the doctor together? Like, he was like, no, because you're going to hit your feet on the bar. And I didn't know why you're still on the setting if you don't even want to go. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't want to go. I was like, I just want to go to Auburn. 
And that's literally the words that came out of my mouth. And he was like, you don't want to go to the Olympics. I was like, no, I just want to go to Auburn. He was like, okay. And so that's how we did. And like, I kept my education. It was, that was just kind of my dream. And it was never really my dream to be an Olympic gold medal. Like none of that, none of that stuff mattered to me, but it's matters more of being where I love to be and, and inspiring who I want to inspire. And so stuff like that. You kind of hit on, you know, the, I'm like we talked about before, I'm 6'10". So, and I can't flip. And you said before, you're like, okay, I like you have the ability to flip. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I'm like fascinated by that because I can't do, you know, like I tried, I was sitting on that diving board and I was like, I'm going to do a flip today. And I kept trying and like my body was not doing it. And I was like, what right. is wrong with me? Like I wasn't capable of it. Like my whole entire, everything was all messed up. Do you ever mm-hmm. look at like what you're capable of doing? And just be oh, like, yeah. holy, jeez, like, I can't believe uh-huh. what I, what my body is capable of. Because that's what oh, I yeah. do when I, when I watch gymnastics, I'm like, I can't believe this is a human being doing this. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes I kind of want to touch on that because I was thinking when you had asked if you can get into it later, I guess you can. Like, some of my teammates at Auburn have started at, like, 6 or 8. Some even started when they were, like, they, like, started for a little bit, took a break, and then came back at, like, 12. And I'm like, you're just superhuman. Like, I don't know how you did that. <laughs> but I think the thing is, is that when you're a kid, you're fearless. And that's how I was, was I was just, like, I'll chuck anything. I'll do anything. I'll flip anywhere. Like, I just thought my body was made of rubber or something. Like, I just did everything. Flipped on the couch, flipped on the bars, flipped on the beat. Like, I did anything they said to do. And I would just twist and twist. Like, acting like the world wasn't underneath me you know and so I think as a kid you you can begin and do it but it's really gets really hard to like flip backwards or twist off the vault table or as you get older because you're just like oh I'm aware there's a floor there and what if I get lost stuff like that so but also there there are times that I mean I try not to think about it a lot because then you're like oh my gosh how do we do this but there are times that I'll like sit back and I'll be like a double backflip. Like who thought, who thought to run and jump over a stationary object, flip and twist a few times and land. And I'm like, and I just did it. <laughs> like This is insane. And I just did it. Or I'm literally doing a flip with no hands on a beam that wide. Like what? Yeah. Like that. Some people eat sandwiches bigger than what I'm flipping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh-uh. <laughs> It is so true. I because my daughter dabbled in gymnastics. Now again, my daughter's not going to be small, but I think it was helpful when she started playing basketball. Yeah. But she she started going into the gymnastics, and that was the first time I was like down on the floor, and I was like a little kid. I'm like, oh my god, what is this? Dude? What is this? And I went to the I went to the balance beam, and I'm like, that's it. Like, there's no way this is this is what. You're these, like, where's the rest of it? <laughs> I thought I was like, this has to be like the kids one. They're like, no, that's like standard. And I couldn't believe that a, adults were able to flip around and balance on. It's boggles my mind. I I give you guys. It's Morgan. I give you so much credit because it is such a cool thing to be able to do, and for you to be able to do it at such a high level. It's like, it's, it's mind blowing. Like you talk to athletes all the time and you talk to like basketball players and like, you're, yeah, you're cool. Like you can dunk and stuff, but can you, yeah. Can you do a backflip over, you know, something over, it's just, it's just mind boggling. So I'm, I think that's super cool. Well, thank you. I, I mean, I often think about it too. And lots of people will like come up to, to me, you know, cause when they see it, I mean, 
knock on, you know, hopefully we, we make it look easy because everyone comes up to us and they're like, you just did a backflip and that was really easy for you. And I'm like, well, it was like, and then they're like, well, can you teach me? And I'm like, yeah, cause it's easy. And then they're like, I don't know how to flip backwards. And I'm like, oh, what is wrong I with you? I started this when I was two. I don't know how to, like, I was like, I was fearful. I just like, you just go backwards. And they're like, do you understand that makes no sense? And I was like, no, I don't, but all right. <laughs> Well, I, I'm so impressed, too, because on top of what physically you can do, the mentality of it is so impressive because it's like shooting a last second shot. Like if I'm comparing it to basketball, it's like shooting a last second yeah. shot every single time, because it's not like you have the, you know, a whole entire game to, right. to do well and do well and do well. Like you have seconds to perform and it has to be flawless. So you have to hit that last second shot time and time and time again. Like what goes through your mind when you step onto the mat and you're just like, okay, is it, it's go time. Like that mentality, it's like, you have like a Kobe mentality. Like you just, that Jordan mentality, you just don't, it's like, cool. Like, let's do this. What's your mentality when you step on the mat, when you're about to hit something and go? Well, I would say for me, my faith plays a very big role into my athleticism and, you know, we do it for the glory of him. And so I think that every time I go out there, you know, that saying, you know, you've seen a lot of Christian athletes say is like, I play for him. And that's true because when you go out there, like, I just know that the pressure's not on me, the pressure's on him and the play's going to happen and we're going to get it done. And I'm going to use my hands and feet to do the best I can. And I'm going to go out and give it my best shot. I'm going to give it everything I got. I'm going to use my words and, we have cues in gymnastics. So like for beam, I have very specific cues for each skill, like tight or like core or push or jump, you know, just depending on how fatigued you get at that part of the routine or the technique that you need to do, like what I need to set before I flip. And so just stuff like that, I, I make sure I have my words, but besides that, you know, I really do focus on, I pray before I go out. And as soon as I hit the floor, I just know that it's, it's for him and that I do the best I can do. And that's, and that's what we got. That's super cool. The, the next thing is you play a team sport, but it's an individual sport. It's like you're individual, but you're working together as a team, but you individually are part. Like how, how do you differentiate? Because you have to be an individual. Like you have to worry about your specific set, but you're right. also worried about the success of the team. How do you differentiate those two? in a competition when you are, you know, your teammates are here, but you also have to know that you individually have to do, you know, what you need to do. Right. I think that's a very interesting question because coming from club gymnastics, it's all individual. And all you're trying to do is either go to the Olympics or get a scholarship for yourself. And while you're on like a club team, you're not a team at all. And it really doesn't matter. You just get an individual score. So all of our life up until these past one, two, three, or four years, depending on what year you are here, has been all individual. And so what's neat to me and being on a final four team, I've really gotten to experience how much culture and what a team means by playing on this team. And so my first two years here, yeah, you're out there and you're doing your routine alone. But I think some parts of what makes it a team is like my teammates know exactly what I need and I tell them what I need to hear when I need to hear it. So whether that's someone is in my corner and they're telling me turn over and set and find the floor or punch or your legs still work or like we are going into all things like keep breathing, stuff like that. Those things our teammates help with. And I think 
that's really cool. But also I've been on a team that was unbelievably talented, but didn't act like a team and we didn't make it anywhere. And then I've been on a team that grinded and was talented and had a culture that we were committed to and we made it to the final four. So I think with, with losing one or two people and gaining one or two people. And so one or two people really can't make the difference of a team. So if you're looking at basically the same team, it shows you how much culture and team plays into winning something. And I think that's what I've learned more of is what we all have to commit to and what it takes from every single person to get that score higher. And it's what takes that commitment. The Auburn gymnastics, when you guys compete, it's, it's a packed house and it's loud. Yeah. How much, how cool is that? And how much does that help? when you're going through because it has to be silent it's like golf like yes. i feel like that's you you when when tiger or something like hits one and it gets on the green like the place explodes and you have to start feeling the adrenaline you're like oh like i'm going to make this putt right you kind of <laughs> had that same thing when you're going through and it's quiet and everything settles and you hit a big move like the floor floor exercise and you hit a big move and the crowd like erupts are you like i got this like this do you feel that momentum from the crowd Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so true. And it's just so cool because when you're in it, you're like focusing on, for lack of a better term, surviving. So you're like, <laughs> let me breathe. Let me do. And you're, you know, listing off all the things that you got to do. Point my toes, breathe, set, you know, all these things. So, but when it's so cool, cause when you land that and you like hear that roar, like it vibrates and it's just so cool. And the, and just knowing that everyone in there is there because they love you not even because they just love gymnastics, but because they love Auburn and they love supporting you. I mean, it gives me chills every time I think about it. And whenever, I think it's really cool sometimes, like when we get off the floor routine, everyone loves floor because it's so entertaining. But whenever we get off the floor routine, everyone just erupts. And it's like, it's like you didn't even know there were that many people in the arena until you were done. And I'm like, looking, I was like, oh my God, they were silent a minute ago. But now, like, I was like, I wouldn't have known there were anyone in here. And then they just, it, like, erupts. And it's the coolest feeling, especially coming back after COVID, when we weren't allowed to have anyone. So seeing that fan base come back in and really pour into us, I mean, it's it's indescribable. That's incredible. What is next for Morgan Lee? What do you have uh, after, the, you know, you ha obviously we just talked, you have your season coming up this year. Uh, you're a senior. What is next? What do you What do you have on the horizons? We talked about how you're kind of leveraging. What's next for Morgan Lee? Wow, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> I think there's a lot of things. I really have. I love sports, and I always have. And so, one thing really big for me is I want to stay in the NIL world, and I've learned a lot of communication consulting. I've majored in communication and minored in leadership throughout my four years at Auburn. And so I used to come in and want to be a broadcaster and I still do, but I think that communication consulting and NIL consulting with different sports and different schools is something on my list as well as I'm going to, I have plans to go to grad school and get my master's so I can come back and teach at Auburn and then also go to law school so I can help write con contracts and be a sports agent or NIL agent. And so those are a few things on my, oh, I'm also writing two books. So those will come nice. out pretty soon. Um, nice. Yeah, those those are really fun. They're kind of like my babies, but I just have so much fun writing. And there's just been so many great things that I've learned throughout my time here at Auburn and just in college athletics and just in life itself that I think 
set people apart and, you know, being under, under that type of pressure or being able to come back when you're down, those types of things. If you can see someone else go through it or set the stage, then you can, it's more likely for you to follow it. And so I just want to give people hope and because you don't have to be the best of the best, but you got to fight and you got to try and you got to have discipline. And when you have those things, you can be the best of the best. And so I just want to inspire all those young kids with dreams and any way I can do that is, is what I want to do. So. Well, you have a great mindset. You have a great uh, head on your shoulders. It's great to see. And the success that you've had in college, I'm sure, is going to follow you wherever you go. Because I can see that commitment. And people look at athletes and just the commitment that you've given your whole entire life towards your sport and uh, the commitment that you're still giving. It's it's great to see. And we're super excited to see you this season and to see uh, your future. So thank you so much, Morgan, for coming on the show. And uh, we appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for having me. This time was wonderful. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity. This has been the Overseas Famous Podcast. Uh, we appreciate it. Sponsored by Loot Mogul. Can't forget the sponsor. Sponsored by Loot Mogul. Thank you guys so much. We'll see you next time.